Every checker is created with a crown on it. That's because every checker was created to reach the other side of the board successfully and to be crowned as a king. But many checkers don't make it to the other side because they've gotten jumped in the process. Every man has been created by God to become a kingdom man. But there's an enemy afoot to knock you off the board through sin, through rebellion, through failure, through things that are designed to distract and destroy you. My name is Dr. Tony Evans, and I want to invite you on a journey, on a journey to find out how you can still get your crown. In the midst of family disintegration, in the midst of social decline, God is calling men. He's calling you and me to man up, stand up, and rise up as his kingdom men. Amen. Listen, we, we are doing everything we can to, to bring the tools that you need, and that's just for the men's. There's women's as well. Those are Wednesday nights um, at 6.30 and um, 6. I'm sorry, 6 o'clock. Uh, 6 o'clock, and um, they're meeting kind of throughout um, the, the facility here. Um, so if you have anything, you can see Jack, Mary Ellen, they'll, uh, they'll get you hooked up. Do you guys want to wanna stand or you want to sit there? Jack, look, you look comfortable. I'll let you sit. Um, but they're right over here. Um, uh, you can talk with them. And uh, going back really quick, one of the reasons why we, uh, why we chose Jennifer Perez as our volunteer of the week is how many know there was a hurricane that, that went through down, uh, down south recently? Um, well, her, uh, her husband, um, his family is from Puerto Rico, and um, they were devastated during this, uh, during this recent hurricane. And um, they're, they're still been, there was days where they didn't have any communication, but um, they are working to rebuild their lives and um, they came and talked to us about what, what can we as a community do, what can we as a church do. So as a church, we, uh, we have a, a fund that we give out of, but we want to encourage you. And most of you, uh, there are people here who work behind the scenes and do everything that makes sure that things get done. And you don't know their faces. And Jennifer is one of those who is an incredible volunteer, incredibly helpful, and she's just always there to help. And this is an opportunity for any of you who have kids in the children's ministry, any of you who, who know who she is or don't know who she is, this is an opportunity uh, to do what we call a Pentecostal handshake. And if you want to walk up to her with a, with a $10 bill, a $100 bill, a couple of $100 bills, whatever you want to have, or even ask about writing a checkout um, that could help out her family um, as they rebuild down in Puerto Rico, um, we would love for you to do that for her as we are also supporting them. And she is, she's just one of those that makes the church function. And, um, and, and she never, you won't see her up front, but she is a great asset to who we are um, here as a ministry. So I think we've got through all the announcements. We've got a lot going on. Praise God for everything that we've got. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And um, it's just, it's one of those where uh, it, the church is alive. The church is uh, just full of life. And we've got kids things going on. And we have uh, things for, for the older ones going on where your time's not done. Okay. The time's not done for anybody who's sitting in here. If you are in here this morning and you are breathing, your time is not done. And so we have opportunities for all of you to get involved. And I feel like every time I preach, I say this every time I preach, I love how God is a God of, of uniformity, right? God is a God who he doesn't just speak 
a random word, and then he comes over here and he speaks a random word, and then he leaves it to us to, uh, to put it all together. I love how every time that when you, when you get ready to preach and um, you know, you're, you're questioning or you're thinking through, God, is this really what I'm hearing? Is this really what you want to speak? And then he sends somebody to the front to, uh, to say, hey, God was sharing this with me. And then they basically get up and they, they basically share your sermon for you. And that's what we had this morning, of course, uh, with, with, with Mrs. Johnson. We just, I love it because God came, she gave the word and I just sat there and looked at it and been like, I mean, it's just one of those things where, yes, this is not only affirmation for me, it's affirmation for you. And we, we encourage each other because, as Stephanie heard, God speaking to her and maybe she was wondering, God, what are you speaking? She comes and shares that and right away I'm sitting there, God, I'm, are, are you sure this is what I'm going to preach about? And that is about what we as individuals, what we as people do during times where we feel like, you know, either we're inside that bowl and the cap is on, or we're outside and we're looking at that and we're holding the cap on, or we're looking at what God's trying to do and we're resisting it on purpose, or we can't figure out what's going on, or we just have no idea and we're just standing there looking off in the distance like, what, what could God possibly be doing in this situation? Why would he bring me to this point where there is absolutely no hope, there's absolutely no reason, and there's absolutely nothing good about to come out of this. And I'm going to just go sit in a pile of ashes and tear my clothes and just say, I'm done, I'm not doing anything more. And we're all liars in this room if we say we've never been at that point. And I'm sure we won't do it, but I'm sure if we ask for a raise of hands of how many people here this morning feel like they're at a point of just saying, I'm done, I'm broken. I've had enough. There's no more healing. There's no more, there's nothing left for me. God's forgotten about me. God's abandoned me. God's put me in the belly of a whale and now I'm in the middle of the ocean. But what if the brokenness is about your submission? What if it's about what you as a person are willing to do and willing to sacrifice? for God to be able to take you and lead you to a point that he has planned for you to be. So this morning I want to turn to, um, or if you got your phone, uh, go to 2 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to start with verse 7. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Father, we thank you for the reading of the, of the word this morning. We thank you for speaking to us this morning in the way that you're about to. And how many in here uh, are excited about their infirmities? Come on. Yeah. Put your hand. Come. Somebody. Who's excited about the, uh, the valleys? Who's excited about falling, not maybe just slowly going into the valley, but falling off a cliff and bouncing to the bottom, right? We look forward to those, don't we? We, we look 
We look forward to, to uh, you know, all, everybody talking and celebrating when they're at their lowest point. Am I right? That's what, that's what we're looking for. And yet here we find where the author is talking about being grateful and thankful that God loves and cares about him enough that he's going to allow things into his life that, that bring him to a point where he needs him to be. See, and we get to these points of, of brokenness, and we, and we sit there and we question, God, why are you doing this? And we begin to question, and we begin to put all of the focus on ourselves, uh, uh, it's me, why, why me, why this, why that? And, and we, we begin to lose focus on what, what, is a, what is a greater cause that may be going on, what is out there that, that God may be, be looking to do, and, and it's a way for God to deal with our self-reliance. It's a way for him to draw us closer into him. But through the submission part is where the, the, where the battle begins. Through the part where as God is beginning to mold and, and to take us and to, to make us into what he wants, that's, that's where it begins to fall on us as who we are. Because, like, we'll take this table. This table right here, this shape right here, that wasn't how it came out of the ground. that went through a whole lot of pain and suffering to become a perfect piece of equipment that we can utilize. It was heated up, it was blasted, it was hammered on, it was pounded, it was to a point beat into submission at some point. And at some point that steel, that metal, finally began to give. And it finally began to, to cooperate. And what got me started thinking about this, and I, I love sermon illustrations and I'm going to see if anybody knows what this is. There we go. Who had one of these? I would say as a kid, I don't know if any of you remember that part. Who had one? I love these. I love it. It's easy. Who says it's easy? Come on, it's easy, right? All right, show of hands. Who knows how to solve one of these? Oh, yeah, we got hands in the air. All right. So the other day, so to, to start out the story, the other day, my kid brings this one home. This one is a pain. Because when you try and turn it, it sticks. And it won't move. And it gums up. And it won't do what you need to do. But me being the patient young man that I am, through a Few, few new words and names for this. Delightful. I did not remove the stickers. But I worked on it, and I worked on it, and I worked on it because I knew how to do it. I got all the way to the very end, and it still wasn't right. Man. I go, okay, I'm doing it again. Do it again. Get to the end. Still wasn't done right. Finally, after far too long and some time at the altar, <laughs> I realized that the very first part of what is needed to, to solve this wasn't done correctly. The pieces weren't even in the correct order. So that was the first lesson that God began to speak to me. Are my pieces in order? It does, I'm not saying that has to be right. I mean, does this look solved to you? Does this look like a reason? 
Like, like a, a Rubik's Cube that's done, good to go? No. But all the pieces are in the right place now. And so that's the point where we can begin to, uh, begin to have things done and we can begin to turn where we need to be. Now this one, this one turns easy. This one's nice. This is like speed racing. It's done and it's perfect, right? Accomplishing what it's supposed to do, right? How many of you in here feel like this Rubik's Cube right now? You're perfect. You're right where you're supposed to be. Am I right? Isn't this what we... Look at that, right? Now, I can turn it once. Hey, Brian, can you, re can you solve this one? Yeah? <laughs> Probably not. Sorry, I should ask. <laughs> Got to turn once. Ah, we can turn it again. Here, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Now we can solve it. If you watch closely, you could probably saw what I did and, you know, put it back into shape pretty good. Got it there. But, well, I'm going to try and fix it. I'm going to... Well, I thought I remembered what I did. Hey, Brian, can you solve it now? All right, so I made one little change to my perfect little cube, my perfect little life here, and now where am I at? I'm at a point. Okay, who feels like this? Now who do we feel like? All right. But what I love about this guy, this one has a little trick. Okay? You guys aren't ready for this. We're going to put it in the bag. We're going to turn it a couple of times. We're going to shake it up. Say a few magic words. All right? Okay? All right. You guys ready? All right. Magic. Right? We go to God. We put ourselves in the spirit. We go to God and we say, God, fix me. We go to him and we say, all right, God, finally, I sacrifice. I give you everything. I want you, I'm going to come to the altar. I'm going to give you everything that I have. Everything that's wrong, I'm going to give it to you. All right, now I want you to just go alakazam. Painless and perfect. And now I'm back to perfect. Let's skip all of the rough part. Let's skip all of the, the difficulties. Let's skip all of that part of where I have to submit. Because if you uh, put a drop of glue in the middle of this and you say, nope, not going to do anything, you want to become like this one here, and it just, it won't turn. It won't go anywhere. So then the next point that came to me was, all right, if I feel like this, let's see, Eddie, solve that for me. Who wants Eddie to solve the Rubik's Cube for me? I'll change, I'll change your mind in a little bit. All right. Watch your head. Kobe, solve that for me. Now, while they're working on that, I'm going to tell you a little secret that I already know. I know Eddie ain't got a clue. Nope. <laughs> is that a secret? That ain't much of a secret, is it? Eddie doesn't have a clue what he's doing right now. And... And Eddie's trying to think of ways that he could take the stickers off. 
and he's trying to think of ways he could take it apart and put it back together. How many, but here's another great question for you, for, for anybody who's tried this. How many have completely dismantled Rubik's Cubes, and now they're just laying in pieces everywhere, right? Maybe you got to put back together, maybe you didn't. It was a big risk, right? But once you've taken that apart, getting it put back together can be difficult. And you don't go through that process. And who in here, who in here wants to be just completely dismantled? Who in here wants to reach that point where there's nothing left to do except for Christ to come in and completely dismantle you down? No, we want to reach that point of submission. See, we want to find where that, when that life is turned and twisted. How's it going, Eddie? No? All right, give me a... All right. I mean, you don't even have two colors on the right side. (laughs) (sighs) Is he close, Mike? Is he getting close? Here, Mike, you give it a try. (laughs) Who believes Mike can do it? Yeah, yeah. All right, I've got a little secret for you. Mike don't have a clue what he's doing. (laughs) See... God's desire during these times is to break our self-will so that we can be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, we're like that little Rubik's Cube because when we get to that point, where do we turn? We turn to the wrong places. We turn to alcohol. We turn to drugs. We turn to pornography. We turn to complaining about everything and everything that can happen. We turn to our pride. So when I give it to Eddie, I already know Eddie doesn't know how to solve it, but I've turned to something that I know won't fix it, but maybe it'll take it off my mind for a little bit. Okay? We'll say Eddie's like alcohol. It's just a momentary lapse away from what God is doing. And I still haven't fully submitted because I'm controlling it. Because I know that at any time, I'm going to go back over to Eddie and be like, Eddie, give it here. I want it back. It didn't fix anything, didn't get any closer. Mike, how's it going over here? Oh, see, we got it. Yeah, see, Mike did exactly <laughs> the right thing. All right. You know what you're doing? You know how to do it? Oh, I thought you were like sneaking it on me and ruining the whole illustration by knowing what you're doing. Hey, you got three. You got three of them. Does that feel fixed? Is anybody content with this? Anybody going to just stop right here? What's that? That's exactly right. Oh, hey, I've got five on the same side. Feeling like a champ now, aren't we? Who wants to stop at this point? Yeah, Eckert, you're at this point. You want to solve it? All right, watch your head. Here we go. All right. Mike can be like drugs and like burying ourselves in our work or abandoning our families. Because we, we, we desire not to submit. But yet I knew for sure that in this place, I knew for certain besides myself, somebody who knows how to solve it. Now, I could spend the rest of the entire day tossing that goofy little thing around to every one of you. 
or I could do what? What would be the smartest thing I could do if I needed that cube solved? Take it to somebody who knows how to do it. Who would I give that other one to? Kobe, I hope you're smart. Toss it here, buddy. All right. Anybody see that? Who wants to be this cube now? Okay, right? Am I right? Yeah. Hey, good job, Kobe. I double-checked with him to make sure you knew. Now, <laughs> but here's the thing on that cube. Why would I take it to Eddie? Why would I take it over to Mike? Why would I toss it around to Brian? Why would I give it to Ronnie? Why would I give it to anybody else in here except the person that I know knows how to fix it? Is that a selfish pride? Is that a self-reliance? Absolutely. You know why I wouldn't give it to Kobe? Because I really don't want it fixed. I'm pretty happy with just that frustration because you know what? I can gain people's sympathy. I can gain uh, my own thing. But you know what? Also, it's my little messed up piece. It's mine. It's my mess. And you want to know what? Here, I can, we can do it again. Sorry, Kobe. We'll do it all over again. You know what? He can still solve it. Anybody know, this is a whole lot of interaction, so this might not be a normal sermon for most of you. Do, does anybody know how many different combinations can come out of this? How many different combinations can you have with a cube with nine on six different sides? It's a lot. 43 quintillion. There's like thousand, million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion. Did, did, that, man get, did that man get lucky? Did Kobe get lucky? Um, dang it, I should have fixed it. Did Kobe get lucky in solving this? Did Kobe just happen to be that one guy who hit that one in 43 quintillion? No. Kobe knew what he needed to do, right? How's it going there, Eckert? You broke it, didn't you? Exactly. Exactly. I gave it to somebody else. And now it's broken. But all because I didn't want to take the time to submit to that one person, to that one God, to that one being that I know can come in and straighten out. Because there's things that I know we're going to have to go through and there's expectations on my part. So why would I submit during brokenness? See, it's not chastisement, it's not punishment. There are those of you in here this morning who are in a spot because God has allowed you to be in that position. God has allowed you to go from perfect to feeling just a little bit off. And as soon as I give this to Eddie and tell him to fix this, it's going to get even more messed up. Am I right? It's going to get even worse. It's going to go the wrong direction. But if we continue, if right away at this point we go back to God and we lay ourselves before the Lord and we say, God, will you fix me? The journey back isn't nearly as time-consuming or as painful but we continue to turn and we continue to turn to the wrong things until we finally, <laughs> Eckert's man, you're gonna, 
he's addressing a present and immediate sin. He's, he's being merciful to you. We talked about God being a, a God who's alive and who's in this place. And if he's alive and in this place and he sees something in your life that he wants to, to draw you out of or he wants to elevate you. See, how in this moment could you feel that, that a good God is wanting to elevate you when you feel like he's allowed you to be beaten down and broken to nothing? But see, God knows the next turn that needs to take place here. God knows the next step that needs to happen here. God knows what's going to lead to that final product. God knows what it's going to take to get you to be the man or woman that he wants you to be to fulfill the calling that he installed in you from the very moment that he created you. And he's taken you to that point to show to you and to himself, will you submit and will you let me take you there? Will you let me take you up on the mountain to the altar with you thinking that your son is going to be the one sacrificed? And will you go knowing that God has a plan inside of all of that? Or will you resist and will you fight against it? It's about the future. It's about uh, dealing with our attitude, with our purpose, uh, conforming us to his will to make us effective ministers to who he is. He needs us brought into that point. So and he targets that, that self-will. He targets that area in our life that maybe we're holding on. And that's why it rubs us the wrong way so often, isn't it? We finally find something that we truly love or, or there's something that we've hung on to for so long. Maybe there's that alcohol that has always been kind of that catch-all where when life is tough and things are going rough that we can automatically go to that and not just have a drink, but we can go to a point of drunkenness every time because then I can get away from my problem. It's addiction. We'll just talk about addiction as a whole no matter what it is. Addiction is the point where you have reached that sinfulness. And that's that point where you go to just forget, right? And how many times have we gone to that addiction point to forget, and when we come back to reality, it's still there, right? And we're still there. And we're still this messed up, turned up cube that no matter how many times we turn it, how many times we focus on our own knowledge, our own wisdom, our own way of thinking that I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this. I was going to try and fix it while I was up here preaching, and I'm glad I didn't try because, man, my brain ain't doing two things at once. But I know how to fix this. Is that what we keep saying? And eventually we reach that bottom. And that's where I loved it of coming up here, Stephanie coming up here, and, and we have this in front of us. And, and trust me, we know what it is in front of us. Very rarely does somebody come in here and say, I'm at the bottom of a valley, but I, I have no idea what's going on. We, for the most part, we know. And, and, we, and we get there, but then we put a clamp right on top of that. And we hold it down because we, we're not truly ready and willing to have it worked on. We don't want to pull that out and allow people to, to see our faults and, and our difficulties. You know, we don't want to go and we don't want to spend time working on that marriage because I'm just tired and frustrated and it's easier just to ignore it and go off and do my own thing. It's not, it's not worth my time to, to go in and, and fix my relationships with my kids because they're just little terror demons. And it's, you know, I don't want to go in and, and work on my addiction that I have and, and lay it out before God and go to other people and, and ask other people to stand with me against it and to hold me accountable when all I'm going to do is ignore them when they're calling to hold me accountable. 
If you're going to surround yourself with men and women who are going to hold you accountable, don't get mad when they do. I can tell you too many stories of where the guys have come and said, I, I, I want five or six guys around me. I want good guys. I want to be a man of God, and I'm going to stand firm because when that time comes, I want you guys, if you got to take your belt off and whoop me, I want you to do it. That time comes, and they run scared. And they run off to those who will tell them, oh, it's all right. They run off and they, they spend time with those who are saying, it's okay, you don't have to worry about it. They'll find other people that will go ahead and tell them it's okay because you lied to us the whole time. You didn't want to be held accountable. You wanted to feel good about what you were saying you were going to do. You weren't willing to submit completely. You're not willing to admit that your life is turned upside down and you're... Your, light, your, your red's where the blue should be and the orange is where the green should be. You're not willing to admit, we're not willing to admit, we don't have a clue what we're doing. But God does. See, Moses was broken in the desert. 40 years learning to obey God. Apostle Paul, as we read about, thorn in his flesh. Peter, a man of pride. Noah, or not Noah, but uh, Jonah, a man of disobedience. See, whether he allows difficulties to arise in our family, our finances, our health, God does so out of love. Did he hate Job? Was there any hatred for Job? Was there love? Was there affection? His ultimate purpose is that we become spiritually mature and effective for his kingdom and what he's doing. You get it done, Dave? I mean, Kobe did it in like three minutes, bud. And he didn't even break it. Why do we resist it? Why do we resist? And that's a really easy question to, to answer right now because I would never resist. I mean, we look back, let's, let's be honest. As, you know, we, we look back at, you know, the, uh, the Israelites in the desert and we're like, oh, we would, we would never do that. What a bunch of dummies, right? I mean, Moses is only up, you know, on the top of the mountain for, you know, a little bit. And, you know, I'm sure they see all the wild and crazy things going up there, and we would never turn against God that quickly. We would never doubt God's goodness. We would never doubt God's faithfulness. The second that adversity hits us. Here's the, here's the part to catch on to this morning. There's not one person in this room who knows how to fix this cube of life without the help of God. And I say that to say you're not alone. 
Every person in this room is fighting through a battle of their own. Every person in this room, and like I said, I could ask people to raise their hands if they feel like they're being battled against, if they feel like they're being warred against, if they feel like there's something and the enemy's coming against them, and every person in this room would raise their hand because not one person raised their hand when I held up the perfect cube and said, hey, does anybody feel like this? Hey, Kobe, can you do it again? I messed it up past the point I can fix it. Thank you. So we let our pride get in the way. We let our fear get in the way. It's a scary thing. See that fire coming towards you for, for the fire that this went through to, to hear and to see what God wants to do in our lives? The other things are we, we get tied up in, in our desires for success and in our, our things of the world and, and, and the things that we've built up for ourselves. Because God, I've built up all of these things. God, look at all of these things I've done. God, look at all of the amazing things I've done. Why are you taking them away from me? I mean, let's think about all the good things I can. God, I've made a lot of money, okay? Let's think about all of the good things now that I can do with this money. Or God, I've, I've stored up all of these amazing things. I've, I've reached all of these lives. I've done all of this good. Look at all these ministries I'm involved in. I, look at what I have done. Look what I am doing. Why would you change this for me, God? And we miss, we miss where God's taking us because we're, we're not willing to, to give up what we've been able to do on our own. Because when we give up what we do on our own, that means completely submitting to allowing God to take it where he wants to take it. Rebelliousness, strongholds, all are things that, that can be why we resist this brokenness and why we resist what God's wanting to do. And it even gets to a point of consequences. We can get to a point where we begin to hinder our relationship with God, where we begin to get to a point where we can, we, we can just lose that, um, that, that relationship, that we can lose that, uh, that joy, we can lose that, that just uh, desire. We, we hurt those who are closest to us. We, you know, we, we get feeling like we are just put on the side. I mean, we, we go through that, right? We go to these points where we feel like in the church we're just put on the side and I'm no longer useful and I, I'm no longer needed in anything and I'm, I'm no longer good to what God is doing. And we want to we right away, we want to run back and we, we want to get into you know, that, that time of just, I, I'm down, poor, poor woe is me, I'm not willing to do anything. But then we finally reach that point, and again, we want to just get thrown into the Holy Spirit bag, shaken up, and come out magic, right? We get into that point. But, but God's not looking to do that. God's looking to walk with you through a process. God's looking to take you to a point of, of who he wants you to be. God's looking for you to take the lid off of that bowl, expose it into the light, and say, God, I give it to you. I lay it at the altar in front of you. I lay it before you, God. God, I want you to come, and I want to submit to whatever it is, and I'm not going to resist. I'm not going to hold you back. I'm going I'm to get all these pieces. The, the first step, getting that point perfect with God, getting it ready. Yeah, he's done already, Dave. Uh, getting that point ready to where God can come in and begin to work on you. So my question to you is this, what is God targeting in your life? Where are our areas that God's targeting in your life? Is it our self-reliance? Is it our unwillingness to submit? 
See, there is suffering in it. There's not a person in this room who hasn't gone through it, who, who won't tell you the truth that it was, there's days it's miserable. There's a lot of days it's miserable, and a lot of days it's tough, and a lot of days where all you do is you sit there, throw your hands up in the air and say, God, why? But God is there working, and as long as you allow him to keep working, there is a why to the reason. There is a reason. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't let that brokenness be a time that leaves you further away from God. Don't let this time of brokenness be a time that doesn't end with you at the throne of Christ, made perfect in who he wants you to be. See, this morning... It's a great morning. We're going to go into a time of, of, of ministry and time at the altar where this morning is a great opportunity and a great time to take the lid off of the thing that you're holding down, the thing that you're holding back. It can be an addiction. It can be a marital issue. It can be a pride issue. It can be a fear issue. It can be something where you're like, well, it's fairly small and insignificant. I don't, I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need to do this out in public. I don't care if the issue is big or small. I don't care if you're one turn away from who God is in your life or if you're all the way to 43 quintillion. If you're ready this morning to submit to who God is, if you're ready this morning to, to take the lid off, if you're ready this morning to, to have that assurity that God is working in your life and that God is taking your life and moving it to where he's called you to be. And I have no doubt that God is here ready and willing to meet you. We have lives in here that have testimonies and stories beyond what you could ever imagine. Lives that we would all look at and say, what good can come out of that life? In our human mind, we would look at them and say, there's nothing good left there. But they submitted to who God is. Right? There's people going on 12 years, 15 years, 20 years free of their addiction. There's people going on one year free of their addiction. There's people who have solved their marital problems. There's people who have built relationships with their kids or, or, or fixed relationships um, within uh, just those who are around them. There are people who have come out of the worst things you can possibly imagine, overcome abuse and neglect. All of the things where, where we could easily hold on to and say, well, they have an excuse and they have a reason. but we've seen so many lives where they've come to the front and they've put it to the altar. Now they sit in the second row. Hands raised high, praising who God is. A testimony. Right? We want a testimony. Right? Anybody with me? Who all wants a testimony? Yeah? 
Yeah, testimonies aren't easy. Testimonies come from a time of submission, a time of brokenness. But if you're ready for your testimony to start, today's a great day to start. That first step is through submission. So we'll bring the lights down. We're going to just take time if you'll stand with me this morning. The altar is open for you. But if, listen, we want to make, we want to meet you wherever you need to be met at. If you need somebody to come and pray with you where you're at, please just tap a neighbor beside you. If you want to come to the front and have somebody come and pray with you and pray over you, please come to the front. Let today be the first day of your testimony. Let today be the day that you turn it over and allow God to begin moving the pieces in your life to that full and complete point where he wants you to be. In the crushing, in the 